0: If you've already got a check engine light coming on that's been cleared but not resolved, the first question becomes, what other codes are in there now? How lean or rich is the fuel system running? Is it running balanced? And is there a potential for something else? The Car Doctor. If you can get the pipe down, scrub everything and clean it, if you could weld it off the vehicle, it would be wonderful. It would be a lot better for you. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, Time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. Call, leave a message if we're not on the air. We go out on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. 855-560-9900. And you can leave a message there. Tom Ray, Executive Producer, Chief Cook Bottle Washer. No phony, the real deal. No phony, not a baloney. Eh, You know what it is. You get to talk to Tom. Tom's a good guy to talk to, too. Um, Ask him about his ongoing ham radio license projects, and he'll be glad to uh, put you to sleep. And, um, you know, you can uh, get yourself in the live queue for the next live broadcast of this radio show. But uh, that's what we do here at The Car Doctor. We talk to you about your car problems, whatever you've got going on, whatever problem you need solved. We're the problem solvers. I'm not going to waste any time, because Tom has once again managed to fill the phone lines. I don't know how he does it. He must answer the phone when it rings. And let's go over and talk to Lee in Maine, 06 Toyota Camry, and some problems with hesitation. Lee, welcome to the car, Doctor. How can oh, I help? Thank you. You're very welcome. Good What's going on? Yes, ma'am. Yes, what can I do for you?
1: Well, uh, as I mentioned to your uh, man there, I told him I, uh, my car hesitates or hiccups after it goes into gear. Okay. And if I come to a stop sign, uh, and I pe- uh, press on the gas, it, it, it it's slow.
0: What do you mean slow? Picking up speed. So slow. It, it picking up
1: speed. It, uh, you know, it's like uh,
0: it doesn't have the pep that it used to have.
1: Exactly.
0: Does it? Does it? it does doesn't it feel do like it all the
1: time though. That's the thing.
0: Does it feel like it's shaking at all, or like it's not, not smooth? No
1: shaking. No shaking. Is it? At all. Is it
0: not smooth when it lacks power?
1: No, it's smooth. Okay. It's smooth. And, I mean, you know, could it be a sensor, you think?
0: Oh, it could be a lot of things. But let's, oh. let, me, let me ask you this question. I'm just, you know, let me ask you this question. Um, is it reproducible? Can you recreate it on a regular basis, or is it just very random and intermittent?
1: Uh, random.
0: Okay. Um, how many miles are on the car? Uh,
1: like, uh, I don't know, 45. I, <laughs> I saw Lady Honed it, and uh, I think it has 5,000, if that.
0: H- how many miles?
1: I mean, I'm sorry, five hundred thousand. I mean, it, shoot, isn't
0: it has, that awful? It has five thousand or forty five thousand.
1: Forty five thousand. Thank 000. you. You're I'm very
0: welcome. A little nervous um, here. That that's okay. It's you know, it's just you and me. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Um, so All right. so forty five thousand miles. You know, has it? Have you owned the car long? Has it done it since you um, owned I've it?
1: I've had it for about three. Going on four years.
0: Okay. Um what sort of maintenance have you done to it in the past? Oh three, gosh, four years? I do
1: it. I keep it up.
0: So you've done the oil changes? Oh absolutely. Air filter. Absolutely. Okay. Um anybody look at this trying to diagnose it? No. No,
1: okay. I thought I'd call you first. That okay. way I know what what's so, going on and they won't take me to the cleaners.
0: Yeah, well first I mean, listen, I I get it, man. That's why I'm here. Um yeah. you know the first you know, thing you've
1: been on right on the money every time I mean, I've called you a couple of times
0: you've mm, been right on the money I guess well I'm trying to win the lottery that's my next thing. I got I got three <laughs> of the, I got three of the six numbers. I know the next lottery it's going to be 237 and 19. I just can't I'm seem to write that down I can't seem to fill in the <laughs> other three and I can't seem <laughs> to fill in what date that's the missing part of the equation so uh, I know sooner or later I'm gonna be right um, so you know any diagnosis we got to begin at the beginning. And yeah. even though there's no check engine light on, yeah. I'd still do a code scan. You know, what's there? What's pending? What's about to happen? And that's part of what the wonder of onboard diagnostics okay, will do so for that's us today. That's number one. That's number, that's one. number one. right? I want to do a code scan. Number, okay. t- number two, all the scan tools plugged in. Yeah, I you know it's like somebody goes to the doctor and says, Doc, my heart speeds up and slows down. What's the first thing he does? He he, he straps a device on you and he starts to mm-hmm. record information while the scan tool is right. plugged in. I want to take the car out for a ride. If I can get it to skip a beat, I'll see some. Maybe I'll see something on the scan tool. Maybe I'll see a misfire. Maybe I'll see fuel trim change. Maybe I'll see a sensor dropout. Uh, uh-huh. You know, there's 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 all sorts of things that could be. Um, you know, the, the wonder of diagnostics is, and, and sometimes you have to think of it like this. I was watching Dr. Phil the other day, and he was talking about diagnosing somebody's mental state, and, and I liked his approach. He kind of does what I do, um, differential diagnosis. He's looking for the difference of good versus bad, so sometimes knowing what's good tells you what's bad. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's how you've got to approach something like this. I would take the air filter out, make sure there's no animals have built a nest inside the air box, make sure the air filter looks like it's in good condition, make sure no debris. I had a car two weeks ago that, uh, I mean, the customer argued with me that it couldn't be an air filter, and I finally said, look, I've looked at everything else, I'm pulling the air filter out, and, I, you know, it just became a long, convoluted story. I pulled the air filter out on the basis that, you know, there wasn't much else left to look at, and it was a little bit of a chore to get to. And wouldn't you know it, the air filter had completely collapsed, and it was blocked. I never saw an air filter that bad. I, I really can say it was one of the top three in my 43-year career. It was that badly plugged and restricted. Put an air filter in it, cleaned out the box, cleaned off the mass airflow sensor, and the car was fixed. So, you know, you want to look at some of the simple, basic things first. Most important, can it be duplicated? If it, if it can be duplicated, any repair shop, that's worth their weight within an hour to two hours of shop time should be able to if they can replicate the problem give you a reasonable direction or a direct solution as to what's wrong with that vehicle all right it it shouldn't be that they got to the end of the, the of the time whatever they feel comfortable with and some shops do it in an hour some shops take a little bit longer um you know if they can duplicate the problem it shouldn't be Hey, lee we duplicated the problem what's wrong with it well i think you know, I think is not a diagnosis. I think is an opinion. All right? I think is a thought. You know? Uh, a diagnosis is, Lee, I looked at your car. It's misfiring on two cylinders. It's got a bad coil on one and a, and a bad spark plug on three. We're going to change all the coils. We're going to change all the plugs. That's that's a diagnosis. That's, okay. being, that's being affirmative. So, you know, how mechanics handle how they say it, their body language, how they talk. You know, all that's part of a good diagnosis and good communication skills. Um, We're all human. We all tend to, you know, we have our up days and down days, but, you know, that's a diagnosis. Uh, You know, what, what I will say is not uncommon on Camry's V6s of this generation. They start to go through ignition coils, all right? They will actually fail the coils, and sometimes the coil being reported or the misfire being reported on the particular cylinder isn't that one. It's the one next to it. And sometimes it can be a little difficult to find. We we use something in the scan tool, and you can ask your mechanic if he knows about this, called Mode 6, M-O-D-E 6, Mode 6. Mode 6 is the language section of a scan tool of when the car is getting sick, that's where its first hiccups are recorded, if I can say okay. it like that. All um, right. it, it is the language that a vehicle computer uses to make a decision as to when... And how often or how much or how sick that vehicle is to turn on the check engine light. Mm-hmm. Alright. So okay. let's get a diagnosis, let's let's start to look for let's prove what's good so we know what's bad, let's cover the basics. Okay. If if there's an easy way to test fuel pressure so I can have a fuel pressure gauge on this car while it's hiccuping, absolutely. You know, again So look look
1: at the fuel
0: pressure. Yeah, look at fuel pressure, look at ignition. We wanna look at it we want to look at a with a scan tool. We wanna to take a look, do we see any misfires being reported? What do air filters look like? I, I don't want to have somebody come back and tell me it needs a timing belt, that's why it's hesitating. If if they if if they come back and say, Hey it needs a timing belt, prove to me why it needs a timing belt. Yes. All right? Uh, you, you know, yeah. Explain it to me. Tell me right. why. I remember years ago I had a call from someone, and I, you know, I forget how long because I've been on the air so long now. Um, but I had, I had some, someone call up, and they said the car was hesitating, and they were told by the mechanic that the brakes were dragging, and that's what was causing the problem. And, well, it's possible, but my answer was, well, how long does a hesitation happen for? And they said after I'm driving for about 20 minutes, and then it just continues for an hour. And I said... Well, if the brakes were dragging for an hour, why aren't the brakes smoking? Yeah, right. And, you know, why doesn't the car have a brake issue as well? You can't ride the brake for an hour, so to speak, and and, and not have a bigger problem. And they said, yeah, you know, you're right. I never thought of it like that. They went back, talked to the mechanic, found that they didn't know what they were talking about, went to another one, and they got the problem solved. It turned out to be something totally unrelated. I believe it was a bad uh, fuel filter that was completely restricted. Again, back to basics. Okay. So let's cover the basics, Lee. Let's start there.
1: All okay, right.
0: so you're saying a few fuel um... I'd like to know what if, if 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 there's an easy way to tap into fuel pressure. Listen, I'm lazy, all right. Okay. I wanna I wanna I wanna go with the easy stuff first. Okay? All righty. Uh, you know, I wanna see I want to scan it, I want to look at air filter, I want to look at cleanliness of, of the mass airflow, if I can get a fuel pressure gauge on it. You know, again, the mechanic working on it if he's truly diagnosing it will we'll, it's, it's a feel thing. It's a sense of it. I had an 88 Lincoln Town Car this week that I drove it, and it just, it just ran terrible. It just bleh, had no power. I said, this, 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 it's late. Timing is late. Um, to tell you the truth, it was such a problem and such a rigmarole to set timing. The, harmonic, the balancer where the timing marks were, were so badly rusted I couldn't f- see anything. Yeah, I listened to the distributor. I gave it a tap to the left, went for a ride. That's pretty good. Gave it another tap to the left, went for a ride. Three taps and three rides to the left, the car ran like a top. Didn't ping, didn't detonate, had no other bad symptoms. Everything drove great. I gave the car back. There was no other way to set timing. The, the, the marks are gone. And sometimes it is a seat-of-the-pants diagnosis, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's my point. But the, okay. it, it, it just let's start with basics first, but make sure you've got a diagnostician, not a parts changer.
1: Okay, I know there's three three filters in the car. There's one in the back seat, underneath the back seat. That's the gas filter underneath there. Okay. And then there's one in the in the um, uh, glove compartment.
0: That's the cabin I cle- filter. I cleaned
1: that myself. Yeah,
0: we're not worried about and that. And it was
1: pretty pretty dirty. Right. And then the one in the
0: engine. Right. And if the, well, and if the cabin filter is that dirty, always remember if a cabin filter is that dirty, how dirty is the air filter? It's breathing the same air. Okay. So, you know, those yeah. are all good basic things to look all at. Right. You know, so always all start, right. listen, sometimes starting Basically. with maintenance helps okay. shorten the, the distance to the diagnosis, and at the very least, you're getting maintenance done as well. Got it. Okay? So all right. We'll start Thanks there. We'll lot. talk some more. You're very welcome. You take good care. 855 560 9900. The car doctor's coming back right after this.
2: Keep Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron.
0: Let's get over and talk to Gary in Westchester, New York, a 04, I'm sorry, 04 Old Zolero, and uh, a couple of different things going on here. Gary, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help?
3: Hi, Ron. First uh, problem I got, we have the engine when the weather is hot. Not when the engine is hot, but when the weather is hot, and you start the car up, it reads sometimes to like five thousand. I mean it sounds like a plane's about to take off. Okay. Uh-huh. And so what I've figured out just in a little research, um I don't shut it all the way off, I put it down to like the accessory, wait a few seconds, start it back up. Most times it resets itself, you know, maybe six, seven hundred on on the RPMs, and then it's nice and smooth, quiet, runs great. It's just like I said, in the hot weather, it doesn't happen at all the rest of the year.
0: Okay. Um when this happens well let, let me tell you, let me tell you the way I'd go about it if I can duplicate this the first thing I'd want to see when when this is going on I'd like to have a scan tool hooked up to it and I'd like to look at something called idle air controller iAC counts um, look at the front look at the front door to your house all right Gary yeah if the door was closed that's zero if the door is open all the way that's 180 mm. all right when a computer runs a car at idle, it has to electronically open or close something called an idle air control motor or like the front door to the house. If it cracks the door just off a zero to put it at step one or two, it's putting a little air into the house, right? Yes. Same thing with an with a vehicle with it with an engine. It's 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 the front door is closed, all right, that's zero, then it's not going to run. There's no airflow, right? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So if I were to look at idle air counts and I saw zero and the RPM is at 5,000 RPM, what's that telling you? Yeah, it's, it's, get, it's, yeah. it's getting air from somewhere, right. right? So do I have some form of an intermittent vacuum leak or some form of an air source elsewhere other than the idle air control? So, uh, you know, again... I'd like to have a scan tool hooked up. Where's the IAC counts? I have also seen sticking throttle plates. How does the throttle feel when you accelerate away from a stop sign? Does it feel like it's a extra like is it extra work to get it to? No, no. It, it, once
3: it's running good, it has good good acceleration, of response.
0: Yeah. The, the throttle doesn't stick at all. No. Okay. All right. Because I have seen dirty throttle plates stick a lot of carbon buildup that will create different idle issues and, and, and different idle count issues and things like that. So we we sort of need to know the answer to that. The other thing you can do when you've got the scan tool hooked up is before you start the car, if you think it's going to do it, you know, turn the key on. Don't start it. Go in and look. Go in on a scan tool and look at coolant temp an ambient or intake air temp if the car has to be sitting longer than four hours so maybe this is a you know after it's sat all night type of a thing
3: all yeah, right usually in the morning okay it wouldn't happen it would happen let's say we take the car out somewhere leave it in the parking lot for a while it's like you know like it's been this week quite warm you go in there and almost inevitably it's going to rev like crazy
0: how long has the car been sitting two hours four hours mm, yeah maybe two three hours okay so after it's sitting for three hours um, I'd like to see what coolant temp is in relation to ambient air temp. Typically, they should be within 15 to 20 degrees of each other. If, if there's a major difference, I want to look at that and make sure I don't have a temperature sensor issue skewing the idle control.
3: Because I had, maybe a year or so ago, I had them clean the mass air and the IAC.
0: Okay. But in there well. with
3: some kind of gunk and clean the whole thing out. It was idling better for a while. And then all of a sudden, the well, this year it's been so damn hot over the summer, we've had the issue a couple of times.
0: Well, and then the other issue I've seen is that, you know, just because they clean the IAC doesn't mean that it's good. Again, <laughs> uh, you know, I've had IACs that stick, and they'll stick open, all right? And hmm. they'll do exactly what you're describing. That's why it's so important to know that idle air control, that IAC count is really important, all right?
3: But, it's interesting, but why only in the extreme heat, you know, 90 degrees, let's say?
0: You ever see something expand when it gets warm?
3: Yes.
0: But right. is, that, is that the reason? Oh, it could be that maybe the IAC motor doesn't have. All the IAC motor. You ever play with a slot car as a kid? <laughs> right? You ever look at the fragility of those electric motors and the armatures and the brushes, and, and sometimes they'd get so hot the wheels wouldn't turn or the brush wouldn't spin in the housing? Or okay, Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, all, all, you know it's, we're, we're dealing with very small, tight tolerances. And heat just affects everything, and I'm not right. saying it is, but you've got to be open-minded to it. I know you are, but just you know, there's, there's there's there, there's a there, there's a strong likelihood here that the heat is affecting some component or componentry, or maybe the computer is losing its mind.
3: Yeah, but, yeah that's why my next question was: Could the heat be affecting the
0: computer? Sure, in some way. anything's possible, yeah. but you know, I, I don't want to jump around. All right? You know, let's, let's, let's figure out what's good. If, if you came back to me and you said, hey, Ron, idle air control counts were 12, and the RPM was stuck at 5,000 RPM, which would kind of be impossible, but you get my point? I'd go, it's not an idle air control motor, or it's reporting 12, but it really isn't. All right. So let's do some basic diagnosis as far as the fast idle problem, and then we can talk about the rest of it from there. Stay on the phone, Gary. I know you got a second part to your question. When we come back, we'll deal with that. I'm Ron in the car, Dr. 855-560-9900. Don't go away. We'll return. car doctor let's go over and talk to gary westchester finish up our conversation gary i think the second part to your question is about yeah, Ron, the blower before motor we move on, yes sir
3: with w- w- the quick thing with the revving what i've noticed is when i if it happens and i i shut it down i put it maybe to the accessory setting wait a few seconds and then start the car up and it seems to almost like reboot and it seems you know the rpms drop way down you know maybe six 7, what, if, what if
0: you take the key out and put it in your pocket does it do the same thing
3: well, if i shut it off completely but uh if i would start it back up i think it just continues to rev because i do that a couple of times and then i read somewhere that maybe if i just let it in that accessory thing and waited somehow i don't know if it had something to do with the computer rebooting or something or was it just coincidence
0: well turn it off i'm serious turn the car off stick the key in your pocket count the five start the car back up what oh. the, what hmm. does it do does it does it does it it should do the same thing. An accessory. If we're oh, okay. if we're if we're canceling the computer and accessory, we're canceling it with the key in our pocket. We've Fair just enough. we've just proved that you know it's it, it's just a reboot of some kind. But then again, is it? Did yeah. did the engine running somehow free up the sticky iac? Again, we're back to where the iac yeah. counts. Where are the iac counts. Let's Fair not enough. let's not assume. Let's diagnose. Fair enough. All right. right. Blower motor yeah, problem. Right. The
3: other one I, I wasn't working on the first three or four speeds. So I somehow was able to disconnect the harness and replace the resistor. Okay. All right, everything's great. Works a week or so, goes out. ah, Maybe it was the part, the cheaper part. Did it again, went out again. This time I reached down because I wasn't able to get the resistor back into that housing. It's almost impossible to get in there. And the thing is burning hot.
0: That's right, because it has to be in the housing because the air of the blower motor helps to cool it. Uh, All right. So if you don't have it all the way seated, or if you don't have it so that there's airflow being directed on it, that electronic board is going to overheat. Okay. All right? So, you know, when you replace it, make sure it's inserted all the way. The only other thing that I would tell you to look for is and be considerate of is, you know, just um, make sure that you have and check, check to see what the amperage draw is off the blower motor. Look at the fuse that controls or protects the circuit. If it's a 20-amp fuse, you'll, you'll typically see a third of that as normal blower draw. You'll see somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 to 10 amps on the high side. If you see 12 to 15 amps on a 20-amp circuit, that blower motor's got high resistance, and perhaps that blower motor needs to be replaced. Um, That's what it's leading up to as a result of why that resistor is continually failing as well. But it's got to be in the housing. It has to have airflow around it in order to cool it properly, or it is going to continue to just burn out, as you say. Let's get on over and talk to John in Florida, 83 Chevy Camaro Z28. John, welcome to The Car Doctor. How can I help?
4: Well, uh, I'm having a trouble with the Camaro in uh, two ways. Actually, the first way is uh, the when I come to a, compl- a hard stop, uh, it, it tends to stall. Okay. Uh, and uh, this this motor is freshly freshly rebuilt from the ground up. Everything's brand new, and in, in, in the motor, I know a lot of the parts are never ever used, but um, you know, this car is running like a champ, uh, up until the points I come to a, a stop. complete stop. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh the mechanic seems to think that it might be the carburetor being too large. Um I got a three fifty five with a seven fifty double pumper and um uh he seems to think that it would be run more efficiently with like a five hundred carburetor. Well,
0: uh, and listen, maybe. I mean, there's there's formulas we can go through to figure out airflow. Do, do you know what those numbers mean, the 750 and the 500 and all that? Are you familiar with I, it? Honestly, I, I don't. Okay, that's okay. Um, it, it's, it's in reference to 750 cubic feet per minute. It's a measurement of airflow through the carburetor based on uh, over a time period. How much air it will flow over a set time. So, you know, will it affect it at idle? Not necessarily. It depends on how the idle circuits are set up. Is this a Holly or something similar, or an Edelbrock, a Holly lookalike? Uh, yeah, it's, it's
4: a, it's a, it's a Holly. Okay. Um, he even tried it with, a, with an Edelbrock and he said it ran uh, much better with the Edelbrock but it still he, that, uh, he said the Edelbrock was also a set, he realized it was also a 750 so okay um so he's thinking he's rebuilding a smaller carb now uh to test it out cuz i guess the pressure all the way up to the fuel pump and regulator which is uh in a uh, custom box right next to the motor uh is 6 to 7 pounds of pressure. Yeah, content. that's and that's enough. Um, and uh, and then he says that the problem that he thinks is from the regulator to the to the actual carburetor possibly.
0: Uh, the, the, so, the, a, a problem with regard to what? That it's losing pressure?
4: He's thinking that that might be the issue or it's getting too much. Well, uh, dumped.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, too much too much pressure can also push the needle off the seat and, 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 and do some strange things as well, and you would think it would be causing the carb to flood over and, you know, uh, pee fuel. So, right. y- you know, let's back up a second. What kind of distributor is in this?
4: Uh, it's an MSD distributor. All right.
0: Uh, with an MSD box? Yeah. All yeah. right. When it stalls, does it just die clean? Yeah, completely out. Does it, so is it almost like you're turning off the ignition?
4: Uh, pretty close to it.
0: Yeah. Does, like it, it, does it? It
4: does one spotter and it's
0: gone. Does it restart right away? It does. Yeah. Okay. Just turn the key.
4: Yeah. It's just turn the key. Maybe pump it once and it's good.
0: Okay. Um, can we do this? And can we? You have, you have a separate coil mounted on the intake manifold. I believe so. Ignition coil. Can we put? Yeah. A, can we put a small 12 volt bulb on that ignition coil feed? So that, okay. when, so that when the engine's running, the light's lit. Okay. And the next time the car stalls, just walk out and lift the hood. Don't touch the key. Don't do anything. Just walk out and lift right. the hood. Is the light lit? All right? All right. If the light's lit, then at least we got feed to the coil. All right? We've tested the circuit. Guess what? We know the ignition switch is good. We know the wiring harness is good. We know up to that point of the coil, we're good. If the light's not lit and you cycle the key and all of a sudden the bulb is lit and the car starts right guess what it's not carburetor it's fuel or it's 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 ignition or it's it's wiring it's it's something along those lines and i'm not saying it is i'm not saying your mechanics wrong by any stretch of the imagination i just just want to think somewhere else outside the box all right right will it will it ever stall just sitting there idling nope never okay um any, any any sort of idle up solenoid on this for air conditioning
4: uh i honestly haven't even tried to run the air conditioning uh I got rid of the, I, I deleted the air conditioner. Okay. That's uh, all right. But I still got I still got the oh. the three channels for uh, you know first second third speed uh, when it comes to the heat just right. in case. Right. You know there's yeah.
0: Where is the idle? Yeah. Where is the idle speed set? This is an automatic or stick car? It's a stick. Okay. So where's the uh, idle speed set?
4: I believe it, it's around uh, 1000 rpm. All
0: right. 1000 rpm is too high. All right. Uh, unless okay. this thing has a real aggressive cam. Um, it's a mild cam. Okay. You ever you ever you ever run a lawnmower? Yeah. You ever play with a lawnmower? You know, it's, it's and set the mixture. Uh, not particularly. You know, no, the, I haven't. You ever play with the needle screw, anything like that? You know. Yeah. A, a, right. Okay. Well, a, and where do you do that? You do that at idle, right? Right. And and on most lawnmower carburetors, are actually two stage. But for the purpose of our conversation, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, 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 it's, a they're a single stage. We're going to be a single stage. Um. You're playing with the idle mixture at idle, all right? Right. Well, you know, if you take that off idle, you now transition and feed fuel from a different source inside the carburetor, all right? Okay. So if you're not set properly in the carburetor in terms of that idle transition, you're now going to pull fuel from the wrong place and create all sorts of issues. 1,000 RPM is too high. If we ran that car down around... Oh, I don't know, 750, 800 RPM with the mixture set okay. properly? What would happen? Okay. I'm, I'm not saying it'll work, but I'm just curious what would happen. And and right. the, reason, the reason I can't be exact is because I really don't know what the lift of the cam is. I don't know what manifold vacuum is at that point. You know, but let's start to tune and play with it. 750, okay. a 750 CFM carb does not seem unreasonable to me for a small right. block 355 with some sort of a cam. All right? Um, okay. Where that carburetor is going to affect you is maybe top end or mid range pull, something like that, making it stall. If it makes it stall, then it's more internal a problem, a particular problem with the carburetor itself. All okay. right. You want you want to try something? Do this real quick, and then I got to go. You call me back. You tell me what happens. Just get the car warmed up, get it down to where it idles at 750, 800 RPM, nice and warm, steady engine, idling smooth the whole nine yards. Very gently take a shop rag and start to put it over the top of the carburetor, all right, okay. with the air cleaner off. Does it okay. stall or does the RPM go up? If the RPM goes up, the carburetor's got a dirty idle air bleed, all right, it's restricted and it's pulling air from somewhere else or f- and fuel from somewhere else. If it stalls, that carburetor's healthy internally. we got to look elsewhere for the problem. Gotcha. Look up. Go okay. Google search idle air dirty idle air bleeds in a carburetor. There's a whole science to it. Um, but that was the test, and that isn't, that isn't mine. That's Chrysler with two two Hollies back in the day on the 81 Omnis, okay. believe it or not. So uh, do that, and then call me back next week. Let me know what happens with this carb. All right, kiddo? Sure. All right. Take good care. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. It's the little only from Pasadena.
2: He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right.
0: 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Mike, Lansing, Michigan. You're up next. 2010 Chevy Silverado. What's going on? Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, Mike. You're on. What's up? Hey, Ron, I'm going to tell you right now,
5: I just drive them. I know nothing about them. Okay, that's uh, all right, brother. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: what can I do for uh,
5: you? Stability track, service stability track, stability track off. Okay. Traction, service traction control, traction control off. There's a, like a triangle arrow that comes on. All right. And my engine light's on all the time. And when it does come on, usually it's idling or I'm going very slow. Then if it does come on, and if it's on when I'm having to stop and it's downshift, it's automatic. It's downshift, and you can kind of feel it shift hard. Um, I, I took it to my mechanic. He said it was a sensor. Steering put angle sensor. Steering
0: wheel angle sensor.
5: Just a little silver sensor he put on
0: at the base of the at the base of the steering column.
5: He had it done. When well, I picked it up, on to be honest with okay. you.
0: Okay. Okay.
5: And um, then. Um, the light was the engine light wasn't on. Then all of a sudden the next day it was on again and doing the same thing. And so I did some research on it on Google. They seem to think it's something that happens often with the Chevrolets. Um, I, what I read, people had put up to upwards to three thousand dollars into the vehicle, trying to figure out what this problem was and. The majority of them, it it read like the problem wasn't being fixed. One of them that I read that they got lucky that it was fixed was where um, they were buying their fuel. Well, let's, let's got two hundred thousand miles on it. I've never tuned it up. No. Well,
0: so. yeah, but let's let's back up a second. What's what's the actual fault code coming out of the engine? Do you know? I don't. Then we got to stop the conversation. But I'll tell you what I want you to do. All right. I want Thank you to call me back next week, but okay. what I want you to what I want you to think about is when and how does the problem happen? And here's why I'm going to stop it until you get me a fault code. And I don't Thank want you. just I don't want just check engine fault check engine light fault codes. I want your mechanic to do a vehicle scan, every module. All right. There's probably forty some odd modules in that vehicle. I want to know okay. what fault codes are in everything, and then I want them to clear everything, and I want you to drive it until the light comes back on. And then I want you to come back and tell me what those fault codes are, and they better match, because I don't know what he might have induced, or maybe, you know, were added on as a result of the repair. I want to make sure we're dealing with consistency. What I have seen with that truck, all right, I've seen everything from the center high-mounted stoplight, that third brake light mounted in the top of the cab, will yep. actually create a water leak. Listen to this. Show you how crazy this gets. will actually create a water leak and create multiple bulletins in check engine area and stability track and create and affect dash lights all because of a water leak in the top of the vehicle they've also had problems with the steering angle sensor connector down at the base of the steering column alright and okay. that connector has to be changed but before i go into that detail give me some codes talk to me next week give me some codes if you want if you can email me ron at car doctor send me the seventeen digit vin of the vehicle And a a, a list of what fault codes your mechanics are setting you up with. And I'll have more information for you when you call me on the show next week. I'll do a little extra research for you. All right, because we can fix this truck for less than $3,000, I'm sure. It can't be that hard to fix. It's a broken car. All right, kiddo? Thank you. Thank you very much. You're you're very welcome. I'll talk to you next week. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. in let's get over to nick in missouri nick i got two and a half minutes brother what's going on
2: uh, my uh airbag light uh started coming on staying on and i and i took the mechanic and he it's showing the uh, passenger passenger side airbag uh Fault. faulty alarm or faulty something yada yada you know B- i don't know what the code was b1884
0: B- or a code 27 sound familiar i don't know
2: I know. I
0: don't. <laughs> so, so what, what what did he say you have to do to, to repair it, did he say?
2: Well, there's a, under the center console, because I got underneath the seats and looked, everything was plugged in, yada, yada, yada. The center console, there's another module. He used a little snake camera and got in there. And There's another module with a bunch of wires and stuff in there. And according to the computer, that's, that's where uh, that module and wires are for this passenger side. But, uh, and he was really busy. He just did this kind of, fan. and we tried to take it out of there, and uh, and we never figured out how to get the center console out of there. So I, and I don't know whether this was because I'm less than a novice, and I didn't know whether this was something I could monkey with trying to get that center console out.
0: because
2: well, I don't want to deploy the airbag. Yeah,
0: no, 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 no. Do you have a um? Do you have a passenger airbag deactivation switch? Do you have a way to turn the airbag off for the passenger side if you want?
2: No, one of them little key things you mean?
0: Yeah, or a, or a button or a switch. You don't have that in uh, two thousand?
2: Two thousand seven. I don't. I don't know oh, if I do. I don't know. Two
0: thousand seven. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'll tell you what. Get me the fault code. And call me back next week because I can help you. I just need I need specific code information um, because airbags are based on resistance. That's what makes them work. The circuit has to have the exact resistance and all points or it'll set a fault. So before I tell you the wrong thing, give me a fault code next week and we can go into this a little bit deeper. I'm Ron and the car, doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.